Hey, what's up? I'm Vanessa. I'm Mary. I'm Gillian. I'm Rukka, and this is the very latest episode of the Full Full Intemps podcast. Your go-to place for relatable content for the African diaspora down under. The black of the podcast, the sweet of the bands. Welcome back, everybody. Hope everybody's doing well. Um, today's a very different episode. Um, you may or may not know, but we kind of started a migration series where um, some of the girls spoke to their parents just to talk about, you know, their experiences coming to Australia. And I thought I could take a different approach um, because, well, for myself and Mary and um, Vanessa, our parents kind of came around the same time. Um, and, you know, obviously their experiences are different, but at the same time, there are a lot of similarities. And so I thought, you know what, why don't I talk to someone that's, you know, a lot younger? Because I think when we think of migration stories, we just think of our parents, but we don't realize that there are people that are like our age or my age or just a bit older than me who've also migrated from the homeland as well. And today we have someone who is very dear to me, like a big brother, um, to talk about his stories. Like for the past year, I've had the pleasure of listening to his antidotes day after day of how much he loves Ghana. And so I thought it would be only fitting to have my big brother Kabesh to be on the show. Um, I think he's a real inspiration and really changed kind of like how I see people who travel to Australia or travel to like different pastures and whatnot. Because I think for a lot of us, our parents ended up like doing factory work. They left their, you know, professional jobs as um, teachers, principals nurses and whatnot and then they came back and started doing factory work and stuff like that and and a lot of our parents didn't retrain um to go back into that work kind of workspace but Kabesh is one example who I've seen work so hard like he's currently doing his PhD um he wait what's what do you do again Assistant Director of Nursing for Forensic Mental Health Services. See how fancy that sounds. Um, and he's just gone straight to strength. So I would like to introduce you to Kibesh. How's it going today? Yeah, I'm doing great. And thanks for having me. No worries. Um, as I said, I think you're a true inspiration. And um, like in the past year, I've got to learn so much more about you and kind of like your vision of how you see the homeland. So like, why did you leave Ghana, considering how much you love talking about it? I think um, it's, it's you know, um, a lot of factors. Um, one, I was very, you know, reluctant to go anywhere when I was growing up. But after high school, you know, for some reasons, most of my siblings um, left and um, to live in the U.S. And, you know, a lot of the people that I grew up with also had opportunities too. So it was kind of, I was, you know, left on my own with, no, you know, my networks were literally gone. And and also um, things changed in terms of, you know, my dad's business. Things were not looking as cozy as, you know, we grew up to see. So it was more like, um, you know, seek greener pastures somewhere. And that is what started the story. <laughs> but then, so you said your siblings went to America. Why didn't you go to America? Like, why Australia? Um, I think I've always been fascinated about Australia australia growing up because um we used to you know for some reasons um it was uh, skippy the bush kangaroo which used to be um very um, um very one of the programs on tv when we we're growing up oh my god and also for some reason i did you know um human geography uh, as part of my high school um geography a lot of the things 
um, that I specialize in was in Australia, shipbuilding in Australia, railing ship in Australia. So even though you know I was in Ghana, I sort of had a lot of knowledge, and it was a bit you know fascinating to me to come to Down Under and see how to how the ships were. <laughs> yeah, you know, like how you know ships were railed reared in in Australia. So uh, the topic that we used to learn was ship rearing in Australia, ship building really? in ship building in in Darwin and Brisbane and all those things. So it, it was more fascinating to you know come and see how the Marinos is that a Marino Marino <laughs> ship or well, yeah yeah Marino yeah, Marino yeah, ship Marino. so Don't yeah stuff like that exactly so I had a bit of you know uh, attachment and fascinations about Australia so that's that's so interesting did you know anybody here yeah you know um, um, my cousin's um, wife was here and I was very close to her before she migrated and um, you know she always told me a lot of stories about Australia and. I used to like, you know, soft music, you know, and, and that was one of the music that I used to listen to. So when she came here, she used to tell me about 106. Whenever she listened to 106.5, you know, she would call me and say, oh, man, they play most of the music you love. So, you know, I think I had some, you know, connections and, and some really things that I, I really enjoyed in Australia. So that was... So what did your parents, like your family think when you said, I'm going to go to Australia? Um... My dad has always been against, you know, immigration because he thinks that, you know, you can make life in Ghana and everybody seems to like the idea of traveling. So for them, it was too far away in the first place. And and then also, uh, but for me, I I sort of like, I've got a lot of um, um, siblings and relatives in the U.S., but I I thought I wanted to be independent, you know, and, and, and live my life because... I was used to always being, you know, more of babysitting, but I just wanted some independence. So. Sure. So um, when you were leaving, what kind of were you expecting of Australia? Like what visions kind of did you have for yourself coming to Australia? I think my my expectation was a bit overrated. And I think when the reality, you know, when I came, it was it was different, you know, like... I think one of my disappointments was to realize that, you know, they drive from a different place because, you know, you know, when you're traveling to overseas, your, your main hope is to, you know, buy some fancy cars to go to Ghana and, and, you know, and then I came here and I realized that they drive from a different, like, what is this? You know what I mean? And I also saw a pothole in Parramatta, which I was very disappointed because... (laughs) I never thought there was a pothole in in the Western world. So I think, you know, there was a lot of, you know, coming from Ghana. I think there was the things you hear, you know, when people come to Ghana, you know, the way they present themselves. So I think I had my expectations was not, you know, what I saw when I came here. Mm-hmm. And how did you kind of like cope with being in the new, this new world? I think it was it was it was really challenging because you know that was the first time that I've been away from um, my relatives and and also you know the person that I you know because of her that I came here was more of also she had been here for some time but I think she was I would probably say she was also finding her feet yeah um and it it was it was um. Yeah, it, it was 
very very you know i would say it was it was very difficult um you know adjusting to the new life and and also um you know um trying to you know i came here on a temporary visa so i had to you know sort things out so legally um it it, it was challenging so like how did you kind of like find community because you have lots of friends that you've been friends with for a really long time. Like, yeah. how long have you been here? What is it? 20, 20? Yeah, yeah. approximately 20, 20 years. years. Yeah. Um, so how did you kind of try and find community? Um, I think I was lucky to, you know, be around, you know, um, some really cool guys who I take off my heart for them. Um, I'm a bit emotional talking about um they were really helpful mm. and and you know they tried as much as possible to make me feel at home so mm-hmm. you know if 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 you don't mind i'll say a big shout out to kobe and and kofi okay. um kofi plumber as he's well known mm-hmm. his um his family has been um family to me and um Sorry. Um, no, you're allowed. You're allowed. I think I think that's a, it's really cool that um, you can also give props to them as well because I feel like you know the way our community is, people who've who've helped other people in the community for some reason or another they're now not friends, and next minute they'll never give those people their flowers. And I think it's really honourable and re- very respectful for you that you continue to give them the, their flowers. And like even though that you guys live far away from each other like every time you mention like you never mention anything bad about them because you always talk about your good so i think that's like amazing so hats mm-hmm. off to you um could you please tell everybody about your experience going to your first gaming party um i think it was you know i think back in in you know almost about 20 years ago i think it was the, the the Ghanaian community today and what it was before, I think it's changed, and that's you know it's, it's good that uh, you know things are changing because mm-hmm. um, literally when I came, it was more of everybody has you know their fathers and mothers here, so um, it was a bit challenging when you know your parents um, were not here. Um, I remember my first Ghanaian party, you know, I went to. You know, everybody was, you know, going and, you know, getting... I think that was the second one. Yeah, I'll, I'll go for the first one. You know, we went to, back in those days, to Westmead. I think it was oh, Westmead. Yeah, Macaulay. Yeah, yeah, hall. <laughs> and, you know, we sort of go there and, and pack stuff, you know, just to... You know, you want community, you know what yeah. I mean? You want to be part of the community just in case that, you know, something happens, somebody can, you know, give you a hand or something. Mm-hmm. And I remember we were packing chairs. Uh, it was myself and one of my friends um, who we all came at the same time. And, you know, some we were approached by a lady who asked us, oh, you guys are new, where do you come from? Where, how long have you been here? And it was like, oh, we just come, you know, probably a couple of weeks ago. And well, was, how, how did you know that there was a party on? Like if you just come a couple of weeks? Oh, because of the guys that I, I lived with, you oh, know what I mean. Okay, so okay. They, they, you know, they, they 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 took us there. Okay. And and then I said, oh, my, you know, I did, my cousin's wife. I said, oh, my sister is, um, the, you know, Abna, who is because of her that I came here. And the question that I had was, 
you know, Abner doesn't have documents, so how can Abner bring you here? So, so that was my first experience, and <laughs> what do you like? What do you even say to that? Ah, uh, it, it was a bit of a shock because you know we went there in good faith, trying to you know build networks. Yeah, you know what I mean, and 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 do you know the things that you know at least a Ghanaian, you know, we are from Ghana and, and I think we keep helping hand when we can. But it was a bit of a shock, you know, and the next one was a Ghanaian party and um, I take off my heart for my adopted mom, Auntie Sophie. You know, um, we went to the party, people were taking, you know, getting drinks and, and I went there to also, you know, from what I knew, you know, coming from Ghana, you know, drinks is something you wouldn't worry in Australia, so you can just pick left, right, <laughs> and center. So, I went to the counter, I can't remember the hall, but, you know, I went to one of those, you know, the counters to, you know, grab a drink, and the question I was asked was, who's, who's your parents, you know? That was also a shock. I don't know if it was out of curiosity or whatever, but in the end, I didn't get to, I didn't get any drink and whilst I was walking away Auntie Sophie was also serving there and then you know the moment she saw me she just quickly ran out and gave me some drink which was a bit you know of a shock but you know um, it, it was also you know a, a learning curve for me mm. you know so I think it's interesting with the um, kitchens at Ghanaian parties I always used to think of times when I was younger and I wanted food I'll either go and look for my mom if she's in the kitchen or look for an auntie that I know because I definitely feel like it was a very territorial space and it wasn't inviting. So it will always be like, you need to know somebody to get access, which like now that you think about it, when I think about it, I'm just like, that probably wasn't such a great experience. And definitely for you, like it definitely wouldn't have been a great experience. Mm -hmm. But I think it's pretty cool that like you met Auntie Sophia and years later, you still have that kind of relationship. So like, um, you know, how have you kind of like, seen Australia versus to versus Ghana now I think you know like you said earlier you know um I love Ghana and and I always you know um draw on things but I think there's there's a good thing there's so many good things in Ghana there's so many good things in Australia there's mm -hmm. so many bad things in here and there's so many bad things in Ghana as well I think you've got to have the balance but I think um what I find about what I, you know, sometimes I struggle about in this environment is the community, you know, mm -hmm. um, in, in here, at least, you know, everybody, you know, has, you know, nobody stops, you know, people have, you know, the basic, you know, things in life, but we are very detached, you know, and, and it's hard to, you know, you live with somebody for years, you don't even know their name. And I think that those are some of the things that I struggle with. And, and also, a lot of the things here, you know, I don't, I cannot relate to them, even though I've been here for some time, you know, things that really make people happy, you know, uh, it doesn't attract me. So, like, when I say it doesn't attract me, like, you know, some of the things that people find so much joy in, you know, traveling to go and look at mountains and those <laughs> things, you know, for me, you know, I'd rather you know, give to the poor if I could, you know. So I think there's a bit of contrast in terms of my interest. But, you know, uh, there's been really good stuff. And I believe that, you know, I've been exposed to so many opportunities that, you know, um, sometimes, you know, I, I 
acknowledge the fact that I wouldn't have been where I am today if I was in Ghana because, you know, I came here not long after high school and mm -hmm. I applied for so many. It's not that, you know, I didn't pass, you know. I wasn't, you know, um, the A student, but I would say I was the B student, you know, mm -hmm. and but I applied for university so many times, couldn't get in. But, mm -hmm. you know, thank God um, I've had the opportunity to study and um, I'm still studying, so. That's great. Yeah. So how do you, because you were saying um, you struggle with like the under, Western understanding of community, considering where you live, like it's kind of the away from like the epicenter of Africans, if we, if we could say, or for lack of a better term, or epicenter of Ghanaian people, right? Yeah. So how do you um, kind of infiltrate that level of community for your children? Because you have four kids, um, they're not always in Sydney and stuff like that. So how do you create that kind of like environment for them? I think it's, it's always about, as you know, you know, you can tell, I, I tend to talk about Ghana a lot. <laughs> and, and, and I think it's, I, I draw some of those things from my dad because I think what I've observed is that a lot of the things that my dad used to talk about and expose us to it's what has made me what I am today. Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, talking to them and sometimes, you know, I play some songs which, you know, they're way older than what, but I think it's just a matter of if they could understand little bits and pieces of those things and, and hear what people are saying, you know what I mean? And mm -hmm. it, it will make a little bit of a difference. So I think it's more of a exposure. I'm trying to create an, a Ghanaian environment at home, you yeah. know, and I think... Um, if if I build a house again, I'll, I'll, I'll have a spot called Ghana with typical <laughs> Ghana stuff just to really to drum it into their ears, and then you know what I mean. Like, um, um, yeah, when you come there, you've got to behave like a Ghanaian, you know, and and and, and it's going to be all Ghanaian music, you know. I'm probably going to get a Doom TV or whatever. So <laughs> if you're not interested. So I, th I think it's just a matter of creating the environment far away from home. That's what I, I intend to do. Would you seriously have a Ghana corner? Exactly. That's, I, so I is that what you've been thinking about for, the, for a new house? Yeah. So the, you know, I've spoken to you about having something downstairs, like a granny flat. Yeah. That is a Ghanaian house. Really? <laughs> um, this is something that I, I've, I actually don't even think I've ever asked properly, but I might as well ask, how did you meet your wife? Um... I think, you know, it's in and you know, a big shout out to my good friend. Um, I don't get to um, see him or talk to him a lot. Um, Uwo, Uwo was, you know, he's, he's a good guy. And he was one of the pillars that I learned on, you know, when I was, um, when I came here. So um, I think in, in, I used to hang around in Parramatta a lot. I think I was just a lonely guy who was... Um, you know, trying to find company, you know, and um, that time my wife used to work at um, Colorado. Yeah, so I used to, you know, hang out there and, and, and we, we sort of, you know, started talking and, and I think I'd say that our wedding that, you know, if his dad would have taken notice back in those days, it's not today where you can, you know, just pick up a phone and call. Yeah, it was. It was. We had yes time. So the yes time, I think, started from eight to from nine, <laughs> nine to midnight, or twelve o'clock. And I, I used to with Optus, Optus, yeah. So um, and um, 
yeah, we started, you know, getting to know ourselves and I think um we 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 sort of, you know, I I I knew what I wanted, you know, and and um we we sort of clicked and um yeah. That was that is, you know, the start of the story and I think we we watched that that was the last movie that I watched. I think that was in Paramount training day. I, I was forced to watch. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't watched any movie since then, so that tells you how committed I was to, to have watched the movie with her. Oh my gosh! Well, you got her in the end, so obviously it worked out. Um, so like, how often in the past, like twenty years, have you gone to Ghana? I've been to Ghana. The last time that I was in Ghana was in twenty um, twenty fourteen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was it was very brief, you know, like. I think I've spent, I was in Ghana for less than two weeks for my uncle's funeral. Mm-hmm. So, and, you know, I wanted to rush back and, and, you know, I think we had two kids at a time and, um, you know, having, living in Canberra with no support, I felt guilty to leave my wife there for that long. So I, mm-hmm. I, I went and came back, but I've, I haven't been there since and I'm hoping to go back sometime next, early next year. And what about like, where do you see yourself like retiring when you retire? Do you see yourself being here or being in Ghana? Oh, you know, that's, I think, you know what I'm going to say. Yeah, um, people don't. <laughs> um, I think it will be very difficult for me to live here when I retire. Mm. And it is my hope that I'll be able to set up my kids to a point where I'll feel um, very peaceful to leave them here. Mm. Um, because... Um, what really, you know, keeps me occupied here is my work. And you, as you can tell, I'm very committed to what I do. And like I said earlier on, I don't have much interest in the things, you know, like playing at a pink ball or bowling. I, I can't see myself doing that. And so, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that all things being equal, if I'm healthy, I will retire back in Ghana. I want to, you know die in a bush and 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 you know in an environment that i've missed in my in, in my you know youth and and you know growing up um the things that i missed you know i want to go into farming not not like farming to you know like make money but just what a typical you know Ghanaian would do i want to retire very simple Mm-hmm. You know, in in a very you know, I wouldn't even think about living in a big city or something. In in a very remote area, an area where I can have chickens and goats <laughs> and sheep running around, and that's that's my dream. And I'm hoping that you know, God will bless me with the health 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 to be able to live that life when I'm retired. That's pretty cool. Um, but do you like have um. <clears throat> Like, cause I always think of my parent, my, well, my mom in particular, she'd always, or yeah, actually my dad as well. They're always like, oh, you know, they're going to go to Ghana and retire. And my mom's not yet retired, but my dad is. Um, but my mom has kind of like tried to go back a couple of times to do stuff. And then she goes and gets so frustrated and, um, she will, yeah, she'll basically come back annoyed basically with Ghana. And then I'm like, but I don't think she also realizes that. The Western world has changed her and her expectations of what, what, like, life is for her, right? And so Ghana is not the same place that she grew up in. It's a 
very different place. The system's different. How they do things is very different. Things are a lot slower and all this type of stuff. Do you ever have like concerns on going and having that kind of frustration and it not being like the way you hoped it could be? Because we both know people who, you know, said that they were going and they've come back and they've been living here for a while. So do you, do you have, do you think about those type of things? Yeah, definitely. And, and I think, you know, having lived here pretty much, you know, most of my, um, you know, working life and then going back to Ghana, it is definitely going to be different. And I think I acknowledge those frustrations, but it's, it's all about, you know, how, um, you program your mind because I think what we tend to do, and I do it sometimes is to compare systems. You know, and I think if if you try to compare systems, there's always going to be frustrations. And also how, you know, you want to retire. I don't intend to go to Ghana and do any active thing. I wouldn't mind volunteering to teach, or you know, in, in, in a uni, something to just keep my mind busy or, you yeah. know. But I don't intend to go and work or do anything. I want to set myself up here so I can get, I'll be getting my income from here. Um, at least, you know, if my investment, if my kids, you know, they spend it all and send me some coins just to live <laughs> on, I'll be happy. Um, so I think, you know, it, it's about how do you work around to minimize those frustrations because mm-hmm. it's hard to change things. You know, we, we'll get there at some point. I think, you know, um, you can't compare Ghana to Australia, but mm. I think we'll get there. It will take time. and And the way... I've, I've learned you write that people go and come back so you know and I think we have to use those people as an as a guinea pig to make amendments going forward you know how we're going to be able to live in Ghana so um, I'm doing things there you know I, I don't tend to you know um, invest all my life in Ghana I try to invest as much in Ghana and as much here so that at least there's a bit of a balance so that there's always a cushion if this one doesn't work this one works yeah so like I've watched you like you know I always hear that you're on the phone talking to your family members and stuff like that how have you besides like being on the phone and stuff like that how have you like been able to maintain that connection with home because sometimes I'm almost like is Kabesh even even in Australia because mm. it's almost like he's still in Ghana how have you been able to maintain that this long yeah I think it's, it's all like it goes back to how my dad brought us up you know when we we're growing up my dad um um had the opportunity to study in Europe. So, oh, did you know, your dad study in Europe? Yeah. No that, way. What did he study? That was in Russia at the time. So my dad, the, I think one of the reasons why my dad was against um, us traveling was back in those days. Even, you know, this day Russia is, you know, <laughs> compared to like 30, 40 years ago. So he used to tell me that, you know, back in those days, you know, when he was studying there, they would go to the shop and by the time they get to the end of the shop, all the shop, Pin center was closed because they were black. You know, nobody wanted to really? serve them. Yeah, so I think that's where my dad's anti-migration comes from. Um, but, you know, even when my dad... Most of my uncles were overseas when we were growing up. So we, we tend to spend... We live with our, our grandparents. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm very connected, connected to most of my, you know, um, cousins. Some of my cousins are even closer to me than my siblings. Yeah. And my dad, when he came back, would generally take us to 
when, whenever there's a vacation in Ghana, he would just pack us in a car and send us to our grandparents so that at least we have connections. So I've got really good connections with most of my dad's family. And and I think that, that sort of connection has been there um, for a very long time. And I think the, the way that my dad brought us up is how I've been able to maintain that sort of ongoing contact with everybody. I'm really surprised. I really didn't know that your dad went to school in Russia. Yeah. Or maybe I've just forgotten. Um, so, like, what are the things that you miss most about um, Ghana? I think one of the things that I miss about Ghana is the ability to stretch a helping hand to people, you know. Um, I had the opportunity growing up, you know, um, to... My dad had a business, you know, he had... Um, my dad was a distributor um, for um, beer and alcohol in like, you know, um, in a region, in, in one of the regional areas in Ghana. And he also had a guest house. And um, um, I used to, when, when uh, at some point when I finished high school, you know, I was sort of, you know, my dad's brothers were like older and managing, but I had the opportunity to, from time to time, you know, manage things. And, and I had... Like when I was as you know very young, I had like old ladies in the area where I thought I should help these people. And every Wednesday that was a market day in one of the towns that we used to live in. So I'll give, I'll make sure that some old ladies that were in the area, I'll give them money to go to the market, you know, to go and buy um, food. And I remember they always used to tell me, you know, when I die, make sure you bury me. So I miss that ability to just step out and help you know mm-hmm. random people whereas you know here everybody is literally self-sufficient and you know it's hard to even say hello to people when they don't know you do i know you so that sort of ability to help i miss that and and then also the ability to share things you know um yes i think what i miss most is the connection with people and ability to step out of your comfort zone yeah. and help you can still do it here but I think it's always, you know, you can't, you know, knock on somebody's door and say, you know, I've got food, you know, it's, there's, there's restrictions as to what you can do. So, yeah. You probably could. It just depends on the kind of neighbors you have. Yeah, exactly. And, and I think, you know, um, it's hard to build connections because I remember, you know, I've, I've done... I don't know if you want to type, but I've done so many jobs. You know, like, <laughs> Tell um, us. <laughs> Um, I've done, you know, I've worked in factories, I've done pizza delivery in Sydney. Um, and, you know, there were people that, you know, sometimes, you know, you get pizzas from and you have to chuck it because, you know, you can't. Um, but if it was in Ghana, you know, you well, I didn't get it. So the people won't take the pizzas. Um, they, they would take the pizza, but because, you know, like I had, I had a neighbor who I used to, you know, bring them going back to the pizza story. Oh, you mean like the excess pizza? Yeah. I used to, yeah. I used to give them pizza and, and, you know, like what the, the, the kids that I used to give pizza, their, their dad died, you know, and I hadn't seen them for a long time. And one day, and you know, like our doors were like literally opposite. And one day I saw the kids, I'm like, Oh, how are you doing? So, oh, my dad died. So I was shattered that, you know, I thought I was neighbors i was close to them but you know the the father died they didn't even tell me but if he was in ghana you know i'll probably be carrying the coffin so um oh yeah that actually yeah that, that's a that's a very good point yeah that like our idea of neighbor neighbors is very different that's right 
Um, so, you know, out of all the things you've accomplished so far in Australia, what are you most proud of? Um, I think, you know, what I'm proud of, it's, 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 it's my family, you know, and I think, you know, being here without a family, I think, um, and I, I always said, you know, my experiences and, and the, um, what I went through, I always cherish my family because I know that one day when I'm dead and gone, if my relatives come here, at least I've got kids here that, you know, will, you know, introduce them at the party so they don't get asked questions, you know. <laughs> um, and, and also just to, you know, have, you know, it is good to your family is really important. And, you know, having the, um, that when one day when I'm not here, you know, my, my fam, if any of my relatives comes here, mm-hmm. I've got kids here who will welcome them and make them feel at home is really important. That's really cool. Um, that probably wraps up most of it. Is there anything else you'd like to share with our um, listeners? I think what what what, what um, I, I just want to add is that I think you know even though those experiences were not that great, but I think it's it is those experiences that has made me what I am today. Mm-hmm. Because you know I, I grew up uh, you know as as a spoiled child. I wouldn't say I was bad doing bad things, but. You know, I had a lot of things that, you know, you wouldn't, you know, it's not that common in Ghana, like, you know, to drive, to have a car and those things. But mm-hmm. so I had things easy, but, you know, if I think if I had had things easier, I'll probably not be where I am. But the challenges that I faced when I came here, having to do some, you know, things and, you know, that I wouldn't have necessarily done when I was in Ghana. Mm-hmm. It was always, you know, like at the back of my mind that, I don't want to remain here and if things get better for me this is what I want to achieve and you know I remember you know I started school I did my you know my first course that I did here was diploma in security and risk management I got a job as a security supervisor you know and I'm like now nah, I need to do something else and then I did bachelor's of nursing and I'm like I need to do something else and then I did a diploma and I did a master's and then another master's in public health and now I'm doing a PhD so I think you know shout outs to those people who didn't make me feel at home I think <laughs> that is what you know um, sort of um, pushed me to the limits because if, if you know I think you know to be honestly if, if you have things easy you tend to get a bit relaxed and I think those experiences were what spared me up to a point I'm like nah if I'm at this stage now when I get to this stage I need to um, get up to where I think um, I want to be but it's an encouragement you know I think I hope that my story will encourage somebody mm-hmm. um, uh, I think it's it wasn't that people were bad but I think people were not used to you know, people coming to Australia on their own at that time. So, mm. you know, I, I think there's always, if, if you look at the positive side of things, you, you you know, not always looking at negative side of things, but I think all in all, it's been a positive experience mm-hmm. and um, God has been good and, you know, we'll keep fighting. But, you know, I hope that my story has encouraged somebody and um, thank you for giving me the opportunity. No, thank you. Um yeah, I definitely think that your story would be um, an inspiration, also an eye-opener, because as I said before, like, when we think of migration stories, we think about parents, right? And we don't think of people who were, like, younger than that generation, how this started up. And as I said, I definitely think your, like, 
you're different to a lot of people that I know who came like around your time and even before your time and like the strides that you've made to really like not I don't I wouldn't say necessarily make Australia home but you've made Australia really work for you and I think that that's very admirable so thank you for coming on um that's it guys um guys continue to like subscribe share with your friends do whatever you know we're out in these streets um hope everybody's doing well bye yeah.